Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy, whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team, or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you just get lucky and meet some pretty epic people. And my guest today on the Startup Canada podcast is just one of those great, great rock and roll stars that I've had the pleasure of uh, having in my life. And I know he's smiling as I'm doing this intro and saying, that's right, I am. We're just thrilled today to have Startup Canada's very own longtime partner and mentor who has dedicated himself to creating the very best possible startup ecosystem in the Atlantic region. Over the last few years, John Hamlin has become a very strong advocate for building the best possible startup environment in the region, and he has been invested in that region also and advised a number of startups and continues to work as a mentor. Recognizing that the population demographics in the U.S. and Canada are facing a huge shift, and there will be over 80 million people, over 65 in those two countries, by the year 2030, John has turned his attention to promoting and building opportunities for older Nova Scotians to participate in the workforce, but I know his work is going to extend beyond Nova Scotia, as well as in mentoring and developing new businesses of all types, including both social and for-profit enterprises. In 2014, John founded Startup Canada's Halifax Community as part of the Startup Canada organization. I was lucky enough to introduce that great group to uh, the folks at Startup Canada Day on 
the Hill, and he and his committee members are now working to enhance the Nova Scotia startup ecosystem and to support entrepreneurs in the region. In recognition of his efforts to support and grow the startup community, John was awarded the 2015 Atlantic Canada Senior Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And John recently founded a Halifax chapter of Aging 2.0, a Silicon Valley-based organization geared to the application of technology to assist seniors. In today's podcast, we're going to talk to John about how Canada must embrace and support an aging population and the rise of seniorpreneurship. uh, John Hamlin, I was going to call you Dr. Hamlin, why not? Um, Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. I know that you've started that chapter uh, of Aging 2.0. Can you talk to us a bit about what does Aging 2.0, what's the, what's the mission behind it, and, uh, and uh, how, what, what's, what are you doing with the chapter that you founded in uh, Halifax? Okay, well, Aging 2.0 is a worldwide organization, 40-plus chapters around the world, specializing in all things for seniors, be it products or services geared to seniors. So they do uh, express a great interest in senior entrepreneurship and senior mentoring and keeping seniors in the community. But much more than that, they encourage any kind of application or product geared to the senior market, which as you've mentioned, uh, is a hugely growing market. And among other things, they run pitch competitions in various countries and at various local chapters. And it all culminates with a pitch competition that is part of their annual uh, world conference, which I attended in San Francisco and spoke at on the subject of senior entrepreneurship and mentoring. They, uh, for 2018, they have two main challenges that they've identified as what they want to uh, spend their time addressing. These are brain health and caregiving. And so the the Halifax chapter, which is new and has just been set up, is going to be running uh, an event on brain health. Uh, There's a lot of research being done here at Dalhousie University and at the Brain Rehab Center and other places in Nova Scotia. Plus, there are a number of startups that are in the brain health area, including uh, a couple aimed at uh, assisting dementia patients, a couple aimed at uh, improving the cognition of us seniors by uh, developing games that stretch the brain, etc. So that's one event we're going to be running. We're also going to be running a caregiver event, which will be split between uh, uh, systems for long-term care facilities, which include uh, new products that uh, look at social isolation and ensuring uh, that people are communicating and that things are going in that nature, plus sensors, et cetera, for the home. Much work has been done in these areas in Halifax. And uh, thirdly, I'll mention that uh, on March 6th and 7th, uh, in conjunction with the Nova Scotia government, we're running a Silver Economy Summit, a two-day event at the brand-new convention center in Halifax that will be that will be geared to all things seniors, both uh, there'll be a stream which looks at products and services that are being developed for seniors in Nova Scotia and another stream that looks at their use. Yeah. So um, I got to ask you this question. First, a couple of things is that when, when you were at the aging 2.0 global conference, was there a lot of seniorpreneurs doing pitches? No, in fact, at the aging 2.0 conference, the only person 
pitching. Uh, there, there were one of the five groups that was pitching was a senior, but uh, the only person that was really pitching senior entrepreneurship was myself, and ah. and, the, and and a fellow named Bill Thomas. He's Doctor Bill Thomas, who is uh, getting close to a senior, has made a. Uh, fair amount of money in some successful startups and is a huge proponent of uh, my view of us being elders who are wise and useful and uh, can be a huge contribution to society. And he's also, if anybody's interested, there's a website under the name Minka, M-I-N-K-A. He has developed a sort of Lego-based home for seniors geared specifically to seniors who want to live alone where they have wider doorways and outlets that are higher up so that you can plug things in if you happen to be in a wheelchair and and a whole raft of other things very interesting fellow but uh, in terms of my presentation which was really saying hey all you people out there and there were about i guess 500 added from around the world uh, was geared to make use of seniors, and it was extremely well received. And I've got all kinds of feedback from various chapters who wanted copies of my presentation or are pushing the the involvement of seniors. Because you know, in the past, this conference, like most others, have been well. Here's how we can have new systems to help seniors live at home and to help seniors in long term care facilities, and not really saying, "Hey, hold on, seniors are living 20 years more," and many of them. 90% of them are relatively healthy and would like to contribute as opposed to be a drain. Yeah, I love it. You know, I I, I don't know. Um, one of the other questions I want to ask is, and I don't want to forget about it, is, uh, you know, what's one of the coolest um, startups that you have experienced recently? Well, let's ask it now, and I'll remember my other question afterwards. What's one of the coolest um, uh, startup companies that is addressing a, a pain point for seniors uh, that you've uh, you've seen, say, in the past six months? Okay, well, there's actually a few in the past six months, but one of the coolest is a fellow named David Burke, who happens to own two long-term care facilities in Nova Scotia and also one in North Carolina, right on. Who, is, who has a startup called Check-In, which Check-in. is actually Check-In, yes, yep. one word. Yep. Uh, it's The website is checkin.tech, and this startup is geared to using... Uh, non-intrusive sort of wristband proximity sensors and some huge research that's been done in various countries on uh, turning the information from proximity sensors into an analysis of whether it's an actual uh, social interaction or they just happen to be close to each other. And so he's developing an overall application that will analyze these interactions and initially the the plan is to put it in care facilities so that you can if you happen to be have your if your father happened to be in a care facility and you were out in alberta and you could you could go online with his permission obviously and find out that he had during the day had four interactions with people he played bridge he ate his meals at the right time and these were actual true interactions as opposed to just sitting in the same room right and it's fascinating to see the research that's been done and how this is working and he uh he's now at the developing the mvp stage and he has uh you know funding from both innova corp and the first angels network and what's it what's his company called again 
check-in. Check-in. Very cool. Like check, check into a hotel, check into a what? And, yeah. uh, you know, it's really checking social interactions. I mean, there's a few others. There's, there's one here in Halifax called Home Accept that uh, has developed a, a sensor, a thermal sensor for the home that you plug into a wall outlet and it tracks thermal imaging so it knows as an example if there's a senior that lives alone that they're in bed it will identify that hey normally this person is in bed for six hours each night but now he's getting up four times during the night so uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he has an issue that kind of thing and he's actually uh was just awarded the Worldwide AARP Innovation Award for 2017, and John Robertson, who founded it, was down in Washington in November to accept this award. Very cool. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a company in St. John that's working with uh, with you know, in the sensory world, the hearing sensory in, uh, world, to uh, help people find uh, restaurants, movie theaters, whatever that have been. Um, adjusted if i could say that to to deal with hearing sensory sensitivities and so i just love to you know it's it's all yeah. about in, all about in, in enhancing the quality of life whether it's external or internal to a senior care facility very very cool that's really the overall sort of view of aging 2.0 and their mission is to find a, a raft of product services that address specific niches within the senior market where assistance is needed, whether it's physical disability or vision disabilities or hearing disabilities. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's really what we're looking for in terms of senior products okay. and services. I got to tell you this, John, and you're, you know, even after a few beers, I would say this, you're a pretty smart guy. And I um, I know you'll appreciate what I'm going to say, but I'm really excited about all the innovation that's happening with uh, enhancing the lives of seniors. I'm at the, at the tail end, like literally the tail end of the baby boomer generation. And I grew up in the days of all the baby boomers ahead of me always got the jobs. They all Always got, you know, they always get the better classrooms. I was living in cubicles out in the cold because of all the overcrowding in schools. I mean, it, it was terrible. But now my life is going to be so wonderful because of all these innovations that are going to be created for Rivers Corbett as he gets older. So I want to thank you all for being older than me at this point in time as I continue into that area. <laughs> Well, thank you, Rivers. And it's interesting because when I give my talks about uh, keeping seniors involved as mentors and startups and businesses and the area that I'm really pushing now, which is intergenerational startups, yes. where a senior, a senior who's been thinking about an idea for 10 or 15 years has a great idea but knows absolutely nothing about uh, online stores or social mm. media or network marketing and mm. and. Uh, combines with a more junior entrepreneur who may be fresh out of university for that matter and develops a product or service. And I'm doing a series of seminars around the province of Nova Scotia on 
seniors as mentors and entrepreneurs. And I, we're, we're doing them all at uh, Nova Scotia Community Colleges and encouraging the entrepreneur students at the college to attend to and get an idea of the potential for the senior market as well as the potential to work with seniors. I, I, as I said, you are a smart guy, and I'm sure there's some business opportunity written in there somewhere for you. Or are you, uh, is it going to be uh, Hamlin's think tank that has collected all these all these seniorpreneurs together, and you guys uh, conquer the world by by uh, working with these younger entrepreneurs and creating this amazing fund that uh, that everybody benefits from? Is that uh, is that where we're going, my friend? Uh, well, I actually from from a personal entrepreneur. I haven't quite defined what I'm looking at doing there. I am, I have been in you know, all these seminars and I'm working extensively on ideation and design thinking and embedding them in my workshops to, to allow seniors to not only express the ideas they already have, but come up with other ideas and, yes. and actually amaze themselves with how quickly they can come up with solutions. But, but I am working with, uh, Although I have no actual, uh, uh, what would you call it, monetary involvement or even shareholder involvement, there's a there's an organization, there's an organization in Halifax called Boomers Work, yes. which was a re- which was originally set up to find uh, contract positions or seasonal yes. work for really senior business people who have retired and you know so the kind of place where if your CFO was going on maternity leave you could bring yeah. in a CFO with 20 years experience uh, they're expanding their reach to other cities they've just opened in Ontario nice. and they're expanding they're expanding their sort of product offering to to include as we speak, we were talking about it last week really to include mentorship training and mentorship database so that if Love you're it. anywhere in Nova Scotia and are a young or older entrepreneur, entrepreneur of any age, and have, say, no experience in retail and want to get somebody who has 20 years selling in retail, mm-hmm. that you'll be able to pull somebody in. And, and that company, Boomer's Work, is actually in the process of raising funds and becoming a more all-things senior type company. And I'm yeah. working with them as a advocate mentor advisor not uh, cool but I, I i i'm sure that over the next six months i will come up with something that entails me uh, uh being more involved in actually in some kind of partnership the um the ceo of that organization uh who is it today rick emberly <laughs> rick emberly okay cool yes. yeah, he's a really rick. good good fellow has been involved in it for years Yes. And they've been in existence just in the sort of contract and work sharing area in Nova Scotia for years, and have done all kinds of neat things, you know. And and it's interesting. Just a little aside, uh, you know, one of the areas that they got involved in was in the seasonal work area was ambassadors that run the cruise ship tours to Peggy's Cove and other places mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia. Were, were looking for people to drive the buses. Yep. And and, and so they got seen from Boomer's work who, you know, he might have been a VP of finance of a company. Yeah, I love it, yeah. But, you know, they hugely enjoyed doing it and the passengers, because they have have huge knowledge of Nova Scotia having yeah. lived here for uh, oh, long enough. To, yeah. you know, My, so there's all kinds of senior related opportunities out there where society can gain from the experience of seniors. 
Yeah, Dennis Campbell, my buddy from Owens Ambassadors, he's he's just a brilliant creative artist and how he's been able to build that organization. That's a, no big surprise that he's done that and good for him. You, you know, I um I was uh, I, I I was I saw an, an article the other day and it was written by the World Health Association. And I don't know if it was right or or it was a spoof or whatever, you know, in these days on the internet, but I gotta tell you, it sure made me happy. And it's said that the uh, because seniors are now living longer, it's not you know abnormal to see ninety year olds um, you know walking the streets and walking quite well and living a great life. It's that between the ages of fifty and seventy now is still considered young. It's it's when you hit into your seventies that you hit middle age, and ninety is when you hit seniors. So I I, I know I I think that's a real reinforcement of the fact is that there's great, great minds out there, great energy out there that can participate uh, in, uh, in in helping companies start and grow in, in various different forms. Um, did you want to, did you want to reference that point? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly the, the point is that, you know, and I highlight this in all the seminars I give that, you know, if, you know, when 65 was defined as the retirement age, life expectancy was 68 years. Yeah, right. You know, you know now if you're 65 and you've made it to 65, all of the actuarial tables will say you're likely to make it to the high 80s or 90s and you have 20 or 25 years left wow. to do whatever. And, and you're right. So the, the you know, there there isn't really, uh, I like to say that there isn't actually such a thing as middle-aged and seniors anymore. And <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you're only as old as you feel or some platitude like that. But the fact is that that's more or less true. Yes. And so there are, you know, there are examples. There's a, you know, a doctor in Japan who still does a full practice at the age of 104. I Love mean, it's, it. it it depends on you and what you want to do. And, and I always stress in all my seminars that the the key thing is to ensure that you're doing what you want to do. If you don't want to be an entrepreneur and don't want to be a mentor and want to, you know, put coupons and grow flowers, by all means do it. But the fact is that the opportunity should be there that allows you to be a mentor and to start your own business and to uh, help society and grow the economy. Well, I'm going to reference uh, one more reinforcement of that. And I'm I'm in my early 50s, folks, so uh, I get a real sense of what John is talking about is, you know, in my mind, you know, I'm I'm, I'm easily uh, 42, 41. And and so, you know, I remember being at church, oh my gosh, about three or four months ago. And the minute, and the pastor says, everybody that's over 50, raise your hand. And um, they, you know, the group raised their hand, which I did. And he said to everybody else, okay, look at this group. You want to go and reach out to them because they have something to teach you. And then he turned around right away afterwards. He says, everybody under 50, raise your hand. And he, he said, okay, for those that are over 50, you want to go hang out with these people because they got something to teach you. And it was a real lesson to me about how we really 
got to just get over this age delineation. It's all about just wanting to do cool things with cool people and go on a cool journey together. And uh, it was so much benefits to, of hanging out. And I, I, and, and so when we talk about that, you know, it really is a cultural play here. Do you find that you're, that you're still dealing with, you know, old mindsets about, no, I, I, I don't really hang it. Want to hang out with seniors? Yes. I mean, it's still something that particularly when you're dealing with younger entrepreneurs and younger startups and younger people, millennials and the like, you know, if they've ever seen seniors at all, it was the occasional visit as they were getting older to granddad in the retirement home. And, and, you know, they, they've certainly been in more contact with seniors that are, uh, in care require care and have some form of dementia, mild dementia, whatever. And they certainly don't look at seniors as being someone they want to share a business with. So there's really uh, a true sales job that has to go on. And, you know, as, as you're aware, Startup Canada this year, uh, as part of their national conference, presented the 50 over 50 awards that Wendy yes. Mayhew had originated. And, you know, that's the kind of thing we're looking to do in Nova Scotia, too, to publicize uh, successes by seniors and to have seniors who, uh, you know, are excellent speakers and have past history of entrepreneurship, whether it was before they were a senior or now, presenting at things like Startup Canada events to, to really show that, you know, there's there's more to what were defined as seniors historically than old decrepit people that you have to take care of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and personally, as you know, you mentioned your age. I have no problem saying that I'm uh, a week away from my 71st birthday. And I have no, I have no interest in slowing down or stopping nice. working or stopping preaching the gospel of how important it is to make use of these people in the economy. We don't have as many young people. We need seniors to occupy positions and do startups and mentor and do other things that help the economy and help us grow and help Atlantic Canada succeed. And the rest of Canada too, by the way. Yeah, of course. And and John, I'm I mean, I'm I'm almost positive you would experience this too when we go to those startup Canada conferences and boys oh boys, we've hung out with a few a few of them together. Um I don't I don't get any sense of uh oh my god, he's older than me. No, I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur and and you know, the people that are in the game uh really embrace that it's all about talent. That's what they're looking for. And yeah. and they embrace the dialogue and you're treated the same as, you know, a 24-year-old that's starting a business. Everybody's equal in that environment. And I think where the culture challenge might go is those people that are coming into the journey of being an entrepreneur. Is, is that fair to, is that observation fair to you? Yeah, I, I would say that is fair. I think, you know, really in the entrepreneur world that, you know, through Startup Canada and the accelerators and the like, the people in the entrepreneur world, I find, tend to be extremely pro as we were discussing at Startup Canada, diversity and inclusion of all races, all colors, all ages, all creeds, immigrants, mm. and 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 Canadians, and, and they're not really the the issue. The issue is young people who are starting up, and people of 
various ages that have grown up in, I guess I'd say, the non-entrepreneur, non-startup culture and have preconceived views of people, whether they be seniors or immigrants or people, you know, indigenous people or blacks or whatever else. Right. And, and you know, it's it's not a it's not particularly a, let's convince millennials and young people and startups that that are going to be involved in startups that seniors are important and should be included. It's really convincing everyone in the country yeah. that all of us have a place and can all work together for the better of the country and better startups. Yeah, well, I think it's really brilliant. I'm going to I want to scoot over to Halif- uh, Startup Halifax here in a second, but one little last point I'm going to reference. You know, the mayor of Fredericton, uh, and this will reinforce the value of uh, an elder. Uh, the mayor of Fredericton, um, after he was the second longest term uh, mayor in the country uh, when he uh, when he bowed out, and a local startup hired him because their focus was on municipalities and they needed connections. Well, he was the president president of the Canadian mayors of municipalities, whatever it happened to be. So what a great find for them. He just went off and he started calling everybody in his Rolodex who he already had relationships with uh, very intently. And so, you know, they don't have to be necessarily leaders. They can be just a part of the team tapping into the talent they have. So um, I love the journey you've taken us on. Very cool. Do you want to, do you want to reference uh, anything there? Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you know, when I'm saying keeping uh, elders involved, you know, I'm saying certainly they're great at starting their own startups, but as advisors, they can do huge things for you. Because as you mentioned, in the case of the mayor, you know, most elders have networks, they have contacts, they have built up business and, you know, to work with you on your startup to get you more traction, more support, and even more investing, which is always kind of key. They're great to have (laughs) involved and on board. They really are. So, so you've started your aging 2.0 Halifax chapter, but before then, uh, you took the leadership reins of the startup Halifax, the first startup community in uh, Nova Scotia. What uh, for those that are digging in and saying, you know, I'm interested in this whole startup community model through Startup Canada. What was it that you saw was a value to tapping into the, uh, the, the the one the strategy of startup communities, but and particularly as it related to tying into what Startup Canada can offer as, as part of that. Yeah, well, I mean, Startup Canada, as you're aware, since you were one of the initial people involved in it, provides both a, at the federal level, lobbying organization, if you want to call it that, in Ottawa, but also provides huge assistance to the startup communities, both in terms of uh, funding and event raising and, and and the like, but also in terms of just having a network. And I'm not saying just in, in downgrading a network right. of yeah. people of Pretty people strong. trying different things and communicating and, and allowing all of us to to work as one to help. Uh, startups grow in Canada and right. you know looking at it from when I started the Halifax chapter and I really are my interest in Halifax has been sort of a I don't know what you call it a funnel for the hugely 
there's a huge number of startup related areas in Halifax ranging mm-hmm. from, you know, five accelerators and, and the new cove for ocean innovation and ideation Crazy. center now and on and on and on plus all government and, and other organizations. And, you know, we try with startup Canada to promote the overall world of startups and entrepreneurship. And I guess, uh, to put in a little play plug for a startup Canada Halifax on January 10th, we're having a celebrate success event where we're, nice. we're going to have six startups that have reached a stage where they have funding and they have traction and they've hired people uh, at the main auditorium of the library in Halifax. And because of uh, a desire for to for diversity and inclusion of the six that will be presenting for our women-led startups uh which uh, you know certainly are still in a minority in most places including Nova Scotia but we felt that it was essential that we really demonstrate some of the very successful women startups yeah, I I think uh, you know when you talk about seniorpreneurship and women entrepreneurship, uh, I mean the, the stats show actually that women entrepreneurs have a uh, probability of success higher than men entrepreneurs, and uh, so you combine that with a senior, boys, what a formidable yeah. team! <laughs> I think that's pretty pretty much of a well, rock star team right there. Well, that's the thing too, because if you're talking about senior entrepreneurs and senior starting businesses. You know, in many countries where these things are tracked, more than 50% of the senior starting businesses are women. Yes. And, and you know, they, they may start different businesses. And, and But the thing about seniors in general is when they're doing a startup, well, A, where it's been tracked, it's been proven that they're more than twice as likely to succeed as a startup by somebody under 35. And right. if you stop to think about it, you know, they have networks, they have an mm-hmm. idea they didn't pick up in class today. Mm-hmm. And, but, but above all, one of them is the motivation for the startup. If you look at the typical uh, lean startup graduate or millennial, he's looking to start up a business that he's going to sell to Facebook or become a unicorn with. Right. Typical senior senior entrepreneur is looking for a business that he can uh, devote himself to, that he can give employment to people in his community to, and that uh, he can make a reasonable reasonable amount of money at. Not, yeah. you know, you know, and because of this, they tend to be much more successful because they have a different goal in mind. And of yeah. course, as well, they're used to things like balancing a checkbook and understanding what cash flow is because they've had to do this for many years. Um, so, so John, as we uh, as we continue your journey, uh, you have uh, you have uh, committed a lot to the journey of seniorpreneurship, entrepreneurship in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Of course, your own journey. Uh, I know that you uh, are a mentor to many different organizations, including Volta and um, and uh, and Dalhousie. Um, where's your journey taking you in the next uh, in the next five years? Oh, in the next five years, well, one of the things that I'm doing for a variety of reasons, uh, mostly that have to do with the side of uh, being a senior that I tend to poo-poo being health-related, yes. I, uh, I, I do have some issues with cold, humid weather, which uh, Halifax is sort of famous for. Right. And so I, I'm looking to spend a good portion of the winter months in Phoenix, Arizona. Nice. And 
one of the things that I've started working on is uh, sort of not integrating, but getting the best of ideas from the phoenixes of the world and integrating them into what we do in Nova Scotia and vice versa. So I'm sort nice. of building a bridge between the uh, two startup communities. They have some fascinating uh, things going on there. Well, Arizona State University is the largest single university in the U.S. And right. they, actually, they actually beat MIT and Stanford for innovation last year in some huge uh, international survey. And, and they have some amazing startup facilities and some neat ideas. And I won't belabor the point, but, you know, just one example is there's a center there called the Galvanizer, which has 75 startup companies and some 700 employees working in a warehouse that's been converted. But the, they made an agreement with the city of Phoenix to have various departments of the city present problems they have to the startup community. And then they would try to come up with solutions. And I happened to attend the presentation by 10 startups to solve two problems. And they were really fascinating. And, Mm. and they had, they each, the two winning ones for the two different areas received $20,000 in funding and a commitment and contract from the city to develop their idea and to provide them with space in the city offices. And that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that we can learn from and do. I know as an example that, uh, New Brunswick has an entrepreneur in residence now, yes. David Alston, who spoke at the uh, Startup Canada event. And, and you know, I, over the next few years, I'm trying to sort of inculcate that idea in in all the government levels that I deal with, as well as companies themselves, because it's becoming more and more uh, logical for a company of any size to have sort of an internal group that does things like ideation and design methodology and design thinking and true entrepreneurs who don't come from a particular discipline or a particular government group, but have the overall view that you get from an outsider. It's a uh, it's a it's a a great great uh, journey you're on, and uh, you know um, what I love about what you're doing is you continue to look for best practices and trying to bring them back to the community that you love, um, which is obviously your own backyard, and uh, but also but also moving your mind to other levels about what else can I do? You know, you never close your mind, and my dad always told me as he got older, he's seventy nine. Now he just celebrated his birthday last uh, last week, and uh, and he said, "Rivers, it's not just about the health of the body; it's about the health of the mind. Keeping that yeah. active." And uh, yeah, I know you can relate to that. And I have no intention, you know, to the surmise of my my wife uh, of retiring. It's just I I like the word semi retire because then you can yeah. choose to work one hour a year or four thousand hours a year. That's a little bit easier. <laughs> Yeah, so. there's there's certainly advantages to you know not having to work, 
because it allows you to choose what you do and how many hours you do it. Now I happen currently to be doing quite a few hours a week on these various different things, yeah, but, I, but I enjoy it and I do agree. And there's all kinds of surveys and uh, research projects that show that seniors who are heavily involved and committed to things that they feel are rewarding and of social value tend to be much more healthy and live longer than people who aren't. Right on. And, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, five years from now we can do another podcast and I'll tell you the latest new ideas I have. And you, Rivers, can say what you've learned and what you're working on. Love it, dude. Love it. Well, the other thing that makes you, uh, why I know you're continually being smart, of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as of the time of this recording, uh, John uh, John and I watched our favorite football team, the New England Patriots, at the last second have an interception yeah. at a Pittsburgh Steelers game. Which Didn't that remind you of the, uh, the Seattle Super Bowl game when they caught that, in- that interception? Yeah, it was it was kind of a unique game, all right. And, and yeah. you know, I'm still not convinced that if I was the referee, I wouldn't have called it a touchdown <laughs> or the ball down on the one yard line on the play before. But yeah, but yeah. Uh, it, particularly since it was in Pittsburgh, boy, those referees must have snuck out of the building. <laughs> anyway, yeah, all good yeah, fun, I'm, all good fun. Well, look, uh, my friend John, this has uh, been an amazing conversation as they always are i treasure your friendship i treasure you being a colleague of mine and uh, keep doing your epic work and uh, i'm always here for you if we need to reach out like i know you're always there for me so thank you so much for your your time today on the startup canada podcast show well you're most welcome and i certainly say that this is one of the many things that startup canada provides when i was listing all the things that they do, these podcasts are great, and certainly the the people involved in the various communities, like yourself, and knowing them, and you know, we can all learn from each other and work together to do things. So it's phenomenal, and I thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hey, this is Chris Crawford, founder and president of Kick-Ass Media, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. What are some hacks that you think that people would really relate to and they could implement in their business in the next 30 days that could impact their 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 sales right away? Yeah, I've got it. Okay, so this is a thing. So for anybody listening, this is a point you want to grab your pen and paper because I'm going to give you an exact, I'll tell you our cool. recipe right Love to it. a T. And this is, this is basically me, 10 years of really mapping this down to the point of where we now do this for clients, this exact process. What I learned as I moved online was that people have, they have a need, but they're focused on generally a problem, challenge, or desire that they're currently dealing with. And where sales is done wrong is we'll recognize that, hey, this problem has, or this person has this problem or challenge, so I'm gonna pitch myself as the solution to that. Mm 
but they're not ready to hear that yet. And so what we do is we literally outline it. Step number one is we identify what is the problem challenge, whatever, and we talk about that. So whether it's on a website, in a live talk, one-on-one in a sales conversation, it doesn't matter where it is. First step we always do is we get in alignment by recognizing the challenge that the person is having and honoring that. And then we start to educate like, uh, did you know? And we'll use that language all the time. Are you aware of, did you know? And we start to talk about how that problem can be fixed. Not saying we're fixing it, but it can be changed, it can be fixed. This is this happens in our, web, in our, our videos online, it happens everywhere. Once we create that new awareness, it's like we've shifted their belief away from, I've got this problem that's not fixable to, wait, I can fix it. We now go, step three is we share what are things that they're unaware of when it comes to fixing this problem. Mm-hmm. So we've all got our own expertise. Our customers or potential customers don't know the things they don't know. So our job as experts in our industry, whatever that may be, is to now educate them on the things that they don't know that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you when you nail this, you, you see people have these, they have ahas and the light bulbs go off, you build trust, you build outstanding relationships, they they want to work with you, they want to connect you. Right. And at right. that point, you just position yourself as the solution. And I love to, to use words like, hey, if this sounds right for you, I'd love to invite you to have a conversation with us and, and see how this can look. And it's it's not selling. It's it's really educating, serving, helping them learn what they're trying to do. And then at that point, you position yourself. And so we do this on our websites. We do this in our, like I said, in our sales team. And it is outstanding, the result. 